Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This episode of Tag's podcast is sponsored by BlueChew.com, the first chewables with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Go to BlueChew.com and use the promo code TAGS and get your first order free. What's going on? You are listening to Talk About Gay Sex Tag's podcast. I'm your host, Steve Rodriguez. Really excited to be in San Francisco, my old stomping ground, my hometown, with a guest that's been on our show with episode 89, Finn Dearheart. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for doing the show again. I'm super honored. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, the, like I said, episode 89 was the one that you were on before. I took, you were in New York, mm-hmm. and my coast and I took one of your seminars and to briefly talk about that um, it was about intimacy Mm -hmm. and our sexual energy Mm -hmm. and for people that don't know that uh, didn't listen to episode 89 Finn Dearheart is a sex and intimacy coach Mm -hmm. amongst other things Mm -hmm. and we'll get into a lot of the other things that you do but in that one seminar that I took, it was with strangers that I had never met. And if people listen to that episode, it was so empowering for me. Really? And I was vulnerable because essentially you had us all come into a room. And what was the goal, if mm-hmm. you could, yeah. of that workshop? Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for telling me that it was powerful for you, too. Um, <clears throat> the goal of that workshop is actually to understand and identify what is motivating your desire for sex? And what I mean is like underneath the the pleasure and the way it feels good, there's an emotional context. And there's four major areas that guys experience that if they're wanting to have like unity and love or just the sense of fusion or sensuality or maybe like to create separateness, like agency and like, uh, you know, BDSM is kind of like that to experience the polarities that we have, like, dominance of submission or just like raw lust. And so if you can identify what it is that you're wanting and needing, you have more positive sexual experiences of yourself and with other people too. Cause most guys just kind of squeeze everything into the keyhole of sex and they're not really sure what they're looking for. I think that was one of the things that I really loved about it is that so many of us, myself included at times, will go into sex, a sexual experience, mm-hmm. whether you're out and you meet somebody or whether it's on one of the apps, however you come to that. And would you say that at times we're unaware, we're just sort of kind of leading with yeah. our, our dick or whatever it is, our mind, 
And what I loved about that seminar was, again, these are people that I had never met before. You start with a whole exercise of having us walk around the room mm -hmm. with our head down, actually, so that we're not looking at the face or right. the cruising. Yeah, we were <laughs> right. And we were some of us, I think, were naked, but for, we weren't wearing maybe a pair of shorts right. at best. And you would instruct us to stop at one point and whomever was to the left of you face them. Yeah, this is your sex buddy. Yeah, <laughs> right. and you started with uh, things, simple things like touch and mm -hmm. the awareness of touch. And I found myself as the night progressed, the activity or the instruction was that much more deeper. There was, a, you know, a sitting pose that um, mm -hmm. I was just looking at one of your pictures with you and yeah. your um, boyfriend. Yeah, boyfriend, partner. He's partner. Right. Hey, we're domestic partners too, yeah. Okay, and who I love. And he, there's a great pose that you were just telling me offline a minute ago about mm -hmm. sitting, one sits almost Indian style. Uh -huh. yeah. Describe that pose. Yeah, it's called Yum Yum, actually. If it were with a female, it'd be Yum Yum. And uh, it because it's two men, but you, um, you're sitting cross-legged um, with both legs crossed over each other. And the other partner will sit in your lap facing you with his legs wrapped around you. So it's, um, you can do it with or without penetration, but with penetration, it would be like with the one that's holding on the bottom with this dick up, and the guy's sitting on top of your dick, and then you're just meditating, and you're not thrusting. Like, I mean, we, we you know, it's like, um, it's hard because you want to start kind of moving and making friction, but it's like how much sensation can I generate just like holding each other and like not moving and just breathing and like focusing. You can do PC clinches, you know, clinch and breathe up and like kind of sure. move your body. But um, it's pretty intense. I and love there's it. breathing involved uh -huh. and you're yeah. actually looking into the other person's mm -hmm. eyes, which is a huge connection as well. Talk a little bit about the connection that you yeah, developed. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you asked that question because the guys are often, and it's uncomfortable. You have to work through, you know, if the chatter. You burn through all the chatter to get to the real point, which is at that end, um, it's like, oh, we're just like beholding each other. We're not like holding back from each other anymore, but we have to get to that place. And you want, the point of the eye gazing is to find attunement. So it's like, you just, you know, like when you're dancing with somebody and at some point you stop thinking about, is this cool or and, and how do I, I look? Right. Or did I sync up and, oh, and, and he moved that way. You just start to dance and then you find that groove when it's like the movement is carrying you both. And we've so had those cool. moments, you know, and it's like, oh my God, so that's the thing that you're looking for. So you're teaching yourself that skill to attune to each other. And that's where you start with eye gazing and breath because it's the most basic way to be like, where are you, you know, and track this person. So even if you're having like knockdown, drag out, like throwing against the wall, fucking, if you're attuned, you read each other and you can be in that experience to way greater heights than if you're just like kind of going about it like without any kind of awareness about where the other person is emotionally on the other side of what's happening. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. And that was one of the things that I got out of it was just attuning with the various partners mm -hmm. at that workshop, mm -hmm. which was so powerful, many of which tools I can bring to encounters that I have, whether, you know, it's a new encounter or whether right. it's just of the moment. And I think that was so powerful. I love that. Um, you just finished a seminar here love and lust for queer men in recovery. Mm -hmm. One of the things was sex without drugs and alcohol. We just did a show 
last week um, I interviewed a director, Tomer Heyman, mm. about a documentary that just showed at Outfest called uh, um, Jonathan Agassi Saved My Life. Mm-hmm. And it re- it calls, it basically tells the story of a guy who was a porn star and ultimately he did well, he won awards and he's performing and he's escorting and all that's fine until the drugs really seep. And mm-hmm. I don't want to give the whole story away, but um, talk a little bit about how you've seen kind of drugs yeah kind of numb us in our yeah. in at least our gay community and what you try and work with in some of these workshops yeah i love that question i feel i my take on the reason i actually had that workshop for the men in recovery is because i work with s- several men um on a one-on-one basis that are in recovery and they they were like oh we should do this for the group that gets together with the 12-step group um because there's so much shame interlaced with sex because they're having sex and drugs together and that you know that became like this big downfall for them in their lives and so it's a kind of so tied together it's like how do I tease back out what I am as a sexual being without what I did to my life with drugs you know and so when I got that I was like oh wow I bet that is a really intense thing for them because we all have inhibitions like everybody has inhibitions and I think think that and I particularly try to use like tools like Tantra to work with my inhibitions like that's what it's about for me is helping myself cultivate ways of being with my truth the issues that I have you know being real with myself Um, but like you know we come to like places like San Francisco New York and there's like all these like men and it's we want to have sex and we want to be free and alive and but we've mostly come from places uh, as gay men where we were not accepted by our families we weren't accepted by our culture we were not encouraged to express. And so there's like a lot to work through, but we'll come here and it's like, Oh, Hey, you're hot. Let's go to the, let's go to this party and you can do what you want, but you really have to somehow get over inhibitions, your anxieties, your guilt that you have, you know, things that we're not really thinking. It's not like I'm like, Oh, I feel guilty. I want to have sex because it's so wedged into your, you know, deep in your subconscious mind. So men, are trying to do be- the best that they can to manage all that and to be these images, right. Of we sex gods and all the, it kind of, in a way we're like really, I think pushed past what's really even real. You know, we're not, we can't be sexy 100% of the time. We can't be not horny 100% no. of the time. We can't have perfect bodies. We can't, we can't do all that. But there's like this mythology we're trying to live up to, but the drug scene helps people jump over the vulnerability of sex that's really challenging if you've never been like held in that space or encouraged or even thought that it's normal, you know, for men, it puts us in conflict with like what we're supposed to be anyway, you know, we're supposed to be impervious and like, just think about the, the typical like archetypal gay outlaw, you know, he's like, muscular and, and there's like top privilege and like it's all you know there's just yeah. like it all, all comes from this like performative induced. masculine yeah. culture so when we take drugs i think a lot of times a lot of guys are really trying to help themselves to get over the issues that they acquired as children and all the the shit you know so um that's what i think is happening in the gay scene and it's it's indicative of like a deeper wounding you know and societal issues as a whole it's not just gay men but it's like gay men are really susceptible to it because we're really carrying a lot of stuff that we acquired along the way 
That's interesting that you, a lot of people would think, oh, it's just part of a scene. The drugs are right. just trying to get high. But mm-hmm. when you talk mm-hmm. about it in those terms, yeah. it really is, you know, br- um, breaking down our inhibitions on so many levels mm-hmm. that we have and those walls that you're talking about yeah. and the, all the various things, the performance anxiety mm-hmm. and the drugs just kind of help. Right. But what can happen obviously is over time you only associate sex with the drugs mm-hmm. or just like people talk about porn. You only associate, right. you overwatch a certain type of porn and we'll talk about him or else TV oh, yeah, in a little yeah, bit yeah, totally. because I know you work with them yeah. uh, him and all that. Um, but you can kind of numb yourself. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, and again, back to the workshop that I took that you, you put mm-hmm. together, is that when you work with Tantra and you work with some of the, the various tools mm-hmm. that don't involve drugs, that just involve Tantra right. and so forth, is that... I left the seminar feeling so I had such a vibration yeah. that I think you have been said some of you might walk away and you, if you're going to go out later or something, you need to kind of maybe bring it down a second because I was vibrating naturally <laughs> from the Tantra experience mm. and you can actually have a stronger fe- feeling that is drug free and more connected, yeah. right? Then, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I have used drugs and sex in in my past. I've and I'm aware, so I'm not speaking out of ignorance. I've used them. Sure, I I'm not like anti drug. Sure. I'm like you know. My question is like, what are you doing with it? Why are you doing it? Is this you know in a holistic way? Is this helping your life? Taking you off track? It's more like inquiry and questions. So I'm not like consciousness. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So from my own experience, I have had, and it's taken work, but I've wanted to do this aspect. You know, I've wanted to be. I used to be the guy that could not hang out at a party if I didn't have a drink in my hand. You know, but I wanted to get to the point where I could just stand there and be fine to talk to people. And same thing with sex. You know, when I became aware in myself of like. I don't even know how to be like my whole self with my boyfriend. I just didn't like that feeling. And, and I've worked at it and, and Tantra has helped me with that. Like I have now experiences in my own body without using anything where I feel like I'm on psychedelics, you know, like where it's almost like it puts me in this. And it's not every time. It's not like, you know, sometimes me and my boyfriend still have awkward sex or it's not weird. It's kind of weird. You know, but, but if we're in the right space and we create intention and we like actually can find each other in this way where we let go and we keep holding each other to let go more and more and more. I've had these moments where I'm like, Oh my God, what's the, should I stop this? What's going to happen if it keeps going? Like where I'm like kind of tripping and like losing, um, the sense of like, I'm in my body and I mean, and, and it sounds kind of crazy as I say it, I think oh, people will think, Oh God, oh, really, this is kind of <laughs> ridiculous, but it's true. Right. Um, but that's like what happens when we're high and fucking, you know, it's like, we're wanting to fly and to get to this place of like, I call it the house of the King, which is, I didn't coin that. That's like a Robert, right. Robert Bly um, play. Cause it's like the place that we go to ascend to like our, our highest self. I think that's what men are looking for in that space. And it gets so mired with shame and like judgment. And, um, but I really think people are missing the point. I think if, if we had the tools and the skills and the ability and the community around us to reflect these values, we could find these places in ourselves in ways that actually are more helpful just across the board. So I want to take the shame out of it and be like, it's not like, oh, you, you're bad for doing this. It's like, and I actually I had an appointment this morning with a guy who was just telling me, he's like, you know, I cannot, it's like I'm getting so 
overwhelmed and tired of having sex. So he's a, he's a sex worker and he was like having sex. Like I can't do it without drugs and it makes it where it's just overwhelming for me and I'll lose several days of my life in these tunnels, you know, and it's just like, you know, hearing his experience when on the outside people look at him and think, wow, he's just so beautiful. He has everything he wants. Like he's like, he's a th- and it, and projection onto him, you know, but sure. his internal experience that he's telling me about is like, it feels like a prison, you know, so I just have a lot of compassion for, for the whole discussion. And I think we have to take shame out of it and really look at what's happening for people. Like, why? What do we want? You know, what is it about? <laughs> Finn Deerhart broadening yes. our, our giving us the tools, and, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get into, you know, I know you told me before you were a minister. You grew up in Texas. <laughs> yeah. And we, you can listen to episode 89 because you talked a lot about that. But I couldn't help but wondering, as a former minister is professing, um, mm-hmm. obviously, the word of God in, in that, <laughs> right. you're still, you know, talking to people and, and educating people and holding seminars and with clients. Did you, I was just curious, and I was on the way over here, I was thinking, did you use all those tools that you learned as a minister? Did you just, you know, mm-hmm. and reform it, repackage it into you know, being a sex therapist now and, and mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that and how you l- used what you had and made it work for you now and how that's such an example of what we can all do is like we all have something that may have been yeah. not good for us, but you can reform it, reform yeah. it and talk about that. Yeah, I love that too. I really like it's I call it like integrating, you know, it's like integrating my life because it's like. Well, I mean, when I left the church, I was in my early 20s, and I was married to a woman, and I was just like, we went on our own little journey for a while, but I was angry at, like, my dad and the church and God and religion, and I wanted to blame all these things for a long time, and I got to this point where I was still really investigative about my own process, and I mean, I would call myself a very spiritual person, even throughout all that stuff, and I came back around full circle where, yeah, it's like, I'm not, I think... It wasn't my message before. It was like someone else's words that they that I was supposed to do, and I really enjoyed the validation that I got from being a speaker. And you know, there was like you were good at it. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but... it really was fun for me. I'd also been in like in high school. I was in like theater and debate and like um, public speaking, and like, so there was like a skill of mine. And I enjoyed it, but at the same time, it wasn't my words. So then, after working on my own issues a lot it started to become back, it came back around because it didn't come back around fully until I started really dealing with my own sexual problems. Um, and then it was like, oh my God, I want to talk about this with people. And then uh, people were interested and wanted to talk back about it and just kind of chose me as my life path. I didn't think like, I want to, but sometimes it's like a both and though. Like sometimes I totally feel like the odd one though. And like, I'm just like this like uptight, <laughs> like it still comes up for me. Like I'm this like goody two shoes type, you know, you know, it almost like the the odd minister kid or something. And that's in my own head. Um, and maybe some people think that too. I don't know, because I'm like trying to talk about stuff and people think, oh, that's too much or I don't know. It. Well, I think you're doing great work. Yeah, and it doesn't mean obviously that you're not always going to deal with your own mm-hmm. things as well. You mm-hmm. sometimes probably need your own tools to, oh my but God, yes. you are such a vessel. <laughs> I helping. need my own tools. <laughs> yeah, but I get it. And uh, we should definitely talk about um, an upcoming, it's called the Tantra Experience. It's uh, August 6th through 11th Uh in Easton Mountains. 
uh, talk about that. That's gonna, and it yeah. looks gorgeous in the Eastern Mountains. Just a short drive. I forget how many, mm. an hour or so. From Albany? Yeah, it's close to Albany. Close to Albany. Talk a bit about the Tantra experience and what people can expect. There's still some spots available if people are interested yeah. in it. Yeah, totally. Thank you. So the that whole festival is it, basically all the things I've been talking about, some of these tools that we can use in ourselves to find bliss and um, intense orgasmic energy and comfort with our own bodies. Like Basically, it's like a skill set that we're going to be there offering. Jason Tantra is the man that's organizing. You know Jason? I, I know of him, yeah. but yeah. So he's the organizer. He and his husband, uh, Ingo, and then me and my partner, Sam, and then another teacher named Sadhu. And it's all of us five that are going to be putting the group that comes through like a wave. So some festivals you'll go to and, you know, it's like you can go to this workshop or that one and just kind of piece it all out in the, the group kind of gets disparate and this is like we're all going to offer the days and everybody goes through it together like an arc and um i think it's a really cool idea very cool yeah. yeah i'm excited to be a part of the team i also feel like it's honoring for me because jason i really respect jason and his work and i'm this is the first time that i've personally taught at um a festival like this so i'm nervy about it because i'm going to be like with my partner demonstrating and and i do workshops here but they're in like even the one that i was at with you i didn't demonstrate you know i didn't i wasn't like naked and touching and like so it's it's more exposing of my own self and my own process what well, was going to say it so i took the seminar however long it was a couple hours or so but i can only imagine if you didn't have such a short beginning middle and end that right. you had this entire how many days is it five it's five days yeah where you can really just you know immerse yourself in this and like you said it's not like oh i'm going to pick this and this you're doing a wave of mm -hmm. everyone's going to be in this collaborative experiential like mm -hmm. focused yeah, yeah. few days it's like a there. retreat it's like a, they're calling it like a vacation for your soul yeah it's not going to be like overwhelmingly deep work you know because with tantra you can go really deep into like a lot i mean depending on what your the focus is this is specifically going to be a introduction to tantra some um, fun, it's like a lot of fun. Um, there's going to be like a pleasure palace where after, you know, the workshops in the evening time, if you want to connect with other men, you can go into sure. the pleasure palace and just play. Um, you guys are taking over this entire resort yeah. that looks really cool. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's going to be awesome as well. Yeah, there's Plus a hot tub. Yeah, that part of New York is gorgeous too. The stars are like oh. so vibrant and they will only, I'm sure, add to the experience yeah. um people can go to tantra for the number four gaymen.com forward slash tantra expo i'll have a link for it on our yeah. site and we'll give it again before we finish this hey it's steve rodriguez of tags podcast i have something for you to try the next time you have sex that's going to give you confidence and have you last longer and go those extra rounds yep i'm talking about bluechew.com it's the first chewables with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Did you know that chewables can work up to twice as fast as pills and can be taken on a full or empty stomach? I didn't. And you know what? The online physician consult is free, making it cheaper than those other two. So guys, here's the best part. Your first order is free. F-R-E-E, -E, free. Yep, you heard me. Just pay the $5 shipping and use the promo code TAGS. All right, so you got to try it like I did and see for yourself. I'm talking. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Fucking game changer. Go to bluechew.com and get your first order free by using the promo code TAGS, T A G S. Chew it and do it. I also wanted to talk um, about you work with Himeros TV, yeah. Davey Wavy. That's yeah. how I met you. Right. I was a guest on Davey's show. Um, you're a writer as well as a educational erotic content and on site coach for them, and you're doing a weekly show. On their pot on his podcast yeah. as well, Himeros TV. The yeah, podcast it's Himeros Live. Himeros Live. And you can get on. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify, Google, all the all the podcast things. Talk a little bit about what um, you're doing over there at Himeros because it just so aligns with your work, mm-hmm. um, but it also aligns with hot erotic right. content that people can watch and sign up for. Talk about that. Yeah, you know, I really. I've grown, I always loved being involved in Himeros, but it's become for me like this, I'm really, really appreciative and I'm growing a lot through the work with Himeros TV in surprising ways because like Tantra workshops and that kind of stuff, get, if, if you look at the spectrum of like what I do, Tantra, mindfulness workshops, all that kind of stuff is kind of on one side of the spectrum where I'm like teaching a concept, I'm helping men like, you know, with certain ways of being in their bodies and stuff. But Hemeros is like on this other side of the work where it's like the sexuality. Yeah. Of it like it's fantasy. And physicality. And so, yeah. And it's like, so I'll write, I write a lot of content. I've written like 30 videos for Hemeros and I, it's all comes from my own work and myself and a lot of my own fantasy life coming out into form. And then I'm watching the men on set. Like I coach on set when they, um, on some of the shoots that they have. And then I'm watching the men that we've hired go through this process. Cause we put them through workshops and stuff too, to help them drop the into actual models that are performing. Yeah. 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 Cause it's not like, you know, show up and do this thing and leave. It's like, yeah. we're asking them to do really intense psychological work. Um, often. And, and that, that's why Davey will bring me on is to like help. i we'll do workshops in the morning so that they are immersed in some of the conceptual and the therapeutic type dialogues around the work that they're doing. And then the afternoons and filming like erotic content, that's going to be the porn. Um, and I'm watching them do the things that I fantasize about, but then I can actually see where I'm inhibited by seeing what they're doing, which is the most bizarre process. But I'm like, wow, this is my fantasy life coming to life in the shape of all these other men in front of me doing these things. So it's been really cool work. Um, I was going to say, it must be really refreshing for you in particular because you spend so much of your time leading us in these workshops and having us tap into so many blocks that mm-hmm. we have regarding sex and how we approach sex. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, that's, I'm sure it's so rewarding for you, but this allows you to almost be a part of the visual, the thing, cause you're, right. I mean, I know you love hot sex yeah. and it allows you probably to just get dive a little bit deeper on that sex side, right? Totally. Yes. And, it, and it's awesome because it helps me dispel this like dichotomy that we imagine between spiritual sex and hot sex. I ask guys that in workshops a lot. I'm like, just as a preface, um, as an introductory kind of discussion, it's like, what do you think of when you think of spiritual sex? And then and people are like, well, you know, eye gazing <laughs> or like yoga or... You know, like, like touch caressing. Right, right, right. Which can be. And, and it like, can be, yeah. And then it's like, well, what's hot sex? And they're like, oh, like if their voices like change down, and like, down. oh, it's like this and then it's all, you could like smell it, you know? And I'm like, yeah, okay, but what if it were like the same thing? What if like hot sex was like sex that you're immersing your whole body, your heart, your soul and you're immersing your senses in it and you're paying attention to what you're experiencing instead of just checking out. And that's like, what? You know, so with him, Rose, to answer your question, like, it, like I'm having these workshops with them. We're taking them into like psychic wounding structures that they acquired as children. We're talking about all that stuff and we're giving them permission and holding a space for them. And the models are saying, you know, they're like, this, like the one we just got back from in Sweden, they were, they've been raving about their experience and how it felt so affirming. I mean, all of that too, like coming back to me has been really just affirming. Davey's been just massively affirming for me and my own work, um, supporting me and like standing behind it. And it just, I love that project. It's so cool. So cool. Yeah. This just gives you that much more visual in your personal work. Mm-hmm. But I know firsthand and taking the workshop with you, there was a whole segment as we kept building and building in the night of get vocal on this yeah. next, you know, again, we were still walking right. around as the night went around and stopping to the person next to us. But the exercises became a lot more physical mm-hmm. and there was some that were really Raw. get, you know, you know, respect the partner that you just are with. But right. we got really physical and you encouraged almost an animalistic side. Yeah. But it was so connected at the same time. So I think your work already does that in general. This right. obviously offers just another layer to your mm-hmm. repertoire that's visual, that's yeah. you know, porn based, but combining those two things. And I think you're right. We often think they're separate. If your spiritual sex and right, that right. side and then there's the raw side and but I like how you're kind of, and this is helping bridge that a lot more. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I often say this uh, to conclude that idea is it like the split between sex and spirit is actually not in what we're doing. It's not activity based. It's in how we imagine what it is that we're doing. So if we imagine. Say that again. Because so, I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, the split between sex and spirit is not in you know, the difference between what we're doing physically, logistically, or with whom. It's like how we imagine what we're doing. And perceive. And who we are. And, and yeah, what we think of the other person. And are we actually, you know, creating a sense of inquiry and connection and meaning about our sex? Or is it just like, you know, a soothing agent to like, you know, kind of lull ourselves? Or, you know, it's or it's just something I do. Or, you know, there's right. like pursuit of pleasure. And none of these things are wrong. You know, pursuit no. of pleasure, like have fun. For me, I want to, you know, I want to know more about myself. So I use sex as a way to understand and to dig. Exactly. Um, I wanted to ask you one thing um, when I was sure. looking around on your, snooping around on your website, and people can go to Finn Deerhart, D E R. H-A-R-T dot com, correct? Yeah, D-E-E-R-H-A-R. D-E-R, yeah, yeah sorry. D-E-E-R, 
H A R T dot com. Right. Finn Deerhart. I'll have a link to that. But one of the things I saw on there is you help de- deconstruct masculinity, which makes us stronger men. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an important thing. Again, talking about the dualities of spirituality and then mm-hmm. what we can perceive as. I'm using air quotes, raw animal sex, uh, but <laughs> can you talk a little bit about our, mm-hmm. you know, and then when you think of guys that go on the apps and, and we've talked about it on the show before, only into mask guys, only right. into our, right. talk a little bit about your work with deconstructing some of our masculine stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's huge, you know, cause it affects everyone in the world, not just gay men, but we're so, I think I will say in a nutshell, we are carrying when I'm talking broad terms here and kind of esoterically, but we're carrying more of the shadow around like masculinity um, for everybody because straight men are allowed to be in this like um, visible space with their sexuality. Gay men carry a lot of shame around it because it aligns in the public eye with femininity. And I know that's kind of like, that's a dichotomy. It's, you know, it's, it's changing, gender is blooming and blossoming. But to most of the world and to straight people, especially heteronormative, it's not. It's like... Still there. Exactly. So we're carrying all that. And, on, and not that straight men are getting away with anything because they're also suffering under it. Like it's a, it's a massively performative act to be quote unquote masculine, you know. Um, we like it because we have been immersed in it. It means something to us. Like there, I love this quote. Um, Esther Perel, the couples therapist, says, "Like we like between the sheets what we protest in the streets." So, like, because we can maybe talk like, "Oh, these guys and masculinity," you know. But like deep under our own thoughts, we we get turned on a lot by things that we're also kind of horrified by. Absolutely, right? It's yeah. like I shouldn't like this, but I do. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> right. Um. So I think it's just a discussion that we just I try to help guys think about like what role do you play in this? Like, it's not, not something you have to like change or eradicate initially. It's just like, what role are you playing in it? What are your assumptions about people? This mask for mask, what do you, the inquiry again, it's like, if you just go from person to person and just have fun and you're chasing pleasure, you're not asking yourself like, what qualities am I imbuing in this? Like, what am I projecting onto this man? What do I think he has that I don't have? You know, like we're trying to import something Sure. That we think he has that we don't actually already have in our own selves. So anything that I might be attracted to, it's a symbolic narrative of my own psyche uh, that I'm reading. You know, so I might, and that's why people's fantasies are so different because they're indexed to their own psychological makeup. But at the same time, there's a collective that we all share and kind of overlap as a community because we grew up in this society that says this kind of man is best and all these, all the characteristics of it too, like strength and acquisition and power. And, you know, it leaves out the rest of the spectrum of us as people. And that's what we feel shame about because we can't be that all the time. Nobody can. And by opening up a dialogue and yeah. making it okay to talk about mm-hmm. our issues with masculinity and right. femininity and how I think it's, it's so healthy. And yeah. And we can be that for a night, you know, we can walk into this archetype of big, strong man and throw someone around. But if we think that we are that person, if we get, try to get attached to that and we see the, the women suffer when they try to really attach to this role that they think they are because it like cuts off the rest of who you are and hides it. And it's like anything that puts me in conflict with this like stereotype that I want to be for approval or for acceptance or whatever it is that we're getting out of it. Um, or just pleasure. We can't attach to that. So um, 
bringing that back to, I think, did that answer your question? Like in the gay community, like look at ourselves as men, as whole beings and all the parts of ourselves, not just the parts of ourselves that our culture says that we should be and trying to make space and healing and like acceptance for all the parts that are not. Excellent. For my, <laughs> for my last topic that I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about, and I don't know how much uh, you want to talk about it, but mm-hmm. I think about it all the time. I'm a race relations oh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. major, and I constantly think about our differences and how we can you know, come together a little bit more. I think it's really relevant now. I just was mm-hmm. wondering and thinking a little about, uh, about how in our community, gay community, do you notice how in the gay community, race, and maybe mm-hmm. even class, but let's just stick with race, can play into mm-hmm. our community and, and even sometimes with our sexuality, how we approach our sexuality? I mean, yeah. I know that's a huge, broad topic. No, but it's but huge. I love that you asked this question. Anything you can talk about with race and how our differences uh, mm-hmm. can you know, you see sometimes within our community mm-hmm. that you could talk about? Yeah. You know, it's, and in, I'll preface this to say, I'm I'm just still learning a lot about this because I am white and I've been like, I've had dialogues with friends who are like, talk about white privilege. And I used to get like, I would get like kind of defensive about it because right. I would be like, well, I love, you know, my boyfriend's Latin. I love, you know, and like, you didn't really understand like, I didn't understand the deeper layers that yeah, maybe yeah. might and exist. Yeah, yeah, and I always, and I'm an anthropology major, so I really understand, sure. like, at a mechanistic level in society, how some of those things are working and playing. But I couldn't really understand, like, my own way of being implicated in that. I, so I started reading that book, White Fragility. Have you seen that book? No, it's called yeah. White, Fr- White, Fragility, White Fragility. I think by Robin. I can't remember the last name. But we'll it's get like, it. And it's I'll... a formative book um, in this discussion, and. Yeah, I so I'm starting to look at myself more because my knee-jerk reaction was like, I am doing the best that I can, and I don't want anyone to suffer, and I'm just I'm just doing the best that I can, and what you know, like my dad used to beat me, and I'm white, but does that make me more privileged than like you know you know I had these kind of reactions, um, so I'm still learning about the entire discussion and how it infiltrates, but I will say what I've noticed a lot, even like I had a, a client today that was telling me about um, when he wants to be submissive, he's like. He takes drugs and he has black men come over and fuck him. You know, he's a white boy. And, you know, that says a lot about what our culture, I think. Um, and I can stop well, you even on that. Yeah, go. Um, I have a couple different African-American friends that have told me they would like to bottom sometimes. But I'm literally quoting one of my friends who said, but... I'm black and Mm -hmm. I have a big dick. And Mm -hmm. so inevitably in the bedroom, even if I wanted to, it always goes to me being the top because of the stereotypes of, you know, a big black man with a big black cock. And he often would like to change that dialogue because as much as he can play that part, Mm -hmm. he also wants to bottom sometimes. And so our notions and exactly what you're talking about too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And what people assume again, when you go back to this, um, there's a pretext that's happening in our minds and we don't, we're not necessarily aware of it and we all have it, you know, even, even if we're involved in this discussion, like I am, I still have like very unconscious, um, places in my blind spots, you know, around my own fantasies and what they mean. But if you look at your fantasies and your, it's like there's something going on there. It's like, what do these men represent? 
well, it's, you know, maybe raw sexuality or it's more on the spectrum of like the primitive side is what their assumptions about power, you know, like they're like, no, I, if I'm having a hard time letting go and being submissive and I need the masculine pole to go into my other side of like, you know, receptivity and my only assumption about that power is like big man, big muscles, big cock, black man, like it's like this rudimentary constructed projection yeah yeah and and again to to kind of full circle that's why i love tantra because it's like all of that that you're throwing out there into these visuals exists inside you so if you find in yourself the dominant note whatever that is like i can't rely on these things i'm a five foot eight and three quarters white guy and i'm smaller boned you know like i can't lean into the like big i've had to work on that because my boyfriend is six foot three and has a bigger dick than me and has a bigger body. And like, you know, so what am I going to do when I want to like lean into my own power to like really, it's been, a, it's been a, a work for me. But I think for everybody, it's like looking at like, well, what do I assume about these races and why, you know, why do I have those assumptions? What does that mean? The porn that people are looking at, you know, like scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh, look, these white guys that look like Instagram guys. Oh, I don't want to see that. And like, you know, it's it's an automatic thing that people are doing and not even thinking about the deeper meaning behind it, I think. And I think you're correct to say Tantra, and at least in the little work I've read and certainly your workshop, is a lot of those barriers you address in there. Um, and then a lot of it, those walls, because you're literally your head's down and you are paired up with somebody and right. you're doing the work at hand and you're connecting with whomever that person is, mm-hmm. colored and you really get to the a lot deeper levels mm-hmm. than you could with the perceived notions that we have. I mean, even this might be more class-based, but offline at Coffee, you and I were talking about we're both artistic types mm-hmm. and we approach life. Uh, we have to often think about, oh, right, the financial side of it. And, we <laughs> totally. have to, and <laughs> I notice sometimes, you know, when I've been at certain parties the minute somebody hears that, oh, yeah, you have a podcast or you have some, some something that's more artistic, mm-hmm. if it's at a certain party and you're not a lawyer or a doctor, that's something more tangible that people can just be like, oh, right. of course, you know, they're, whether it's my own perceived notions or whether it's actually, you yeah. know, happening, yeah. people tend to like think of it as flightier or right. not <laughs> as Oh, that's important. cute. <laughs> yeah, but I think what back to you know in race or class i mean the work that you're doing tantra really breaks down because you don't you're not talking about what you do and you still are visually looking at the person in front of you but you have to work so much deeper mm-hmm. on and break down all those barriers and i think right. that's what's so great about it wouldn't you say about t- yeah. working with tantra you have to yeah i was yeah you have to touch the essence like instead of touching the surface i mean people are often i think reluctant to give up the fantasies that they hold because they think, oh, this is all there is. If I lose this turn on, there won't be anything left. I actually went through a phase of that. I stopped watching porn to whack off to like a couple of years ago because I just noticed the conditioning element on me. And I noticed that I would get more turned on when I was by myself with my phone than I was with my boyfriend because I would get like kind of 
inhibited. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you're like scrolling, 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 getting dopamine highs from like, you know, and I just started like being like, oh, that was like an initial point for me to want to start investigating. And since then, I actually get more turned on. Like if I watch porn, I don't get all that turned on like I used to. I get more turned on in his presence. And it's been a way of just it's been resetting kind of how I work. But I think I like that resetting. Yes. Yeah. And we can all reset. Of course, in neuroplasticity, you can rewire all kinds of things in your brain, like like ways of thinking, sensation in your body, like sensitizing your whole body, you know, in ways that most guys just, my dick is sensitive, my ass and my nipples, you know, but like you can get where, I don't know, like some guys can like almost have an orgasm having their neck sucked, you know, like just because you sensitize it. Again, in the workshop I took, yeah, my forearm was vibrating and and ultimately I was vibrating from the experience. Every part of me, not just the obvious areas, nipples and all that. But but you can't get there, right? If you don't like spend time investigating and exploring. But people are like, again, I think just as a whole in the society, we haven't been taught about sex. We've looked to porn to learn about it and to other men who are also kind of wondering about and bumbling and looking for answers and, and trying to learn from, yeah, you know, and like on yeah. drugs. And um, so we don't have like this like supportive conversation that we get as children that's like, this is your body. You should love it. Doesn't it feel good to be touched? Doesn't it feel good to like share that with other people and encourage, you know, if we'd been doing that since we were little kids we'd have a better understanding about boundaries and about consent and about the relational aspects of sex. It wouldn't just be like this mystic thing that we're all kind of like scared to talk about what's really happening. Um, So yeah, I think people, if they give up the, what they think the fantasy means, you know, if they give up what they think the, the race, you know, fantasy, whatever it is that they think the energy is in underneath that in the essence is, in you and you can find it and you just have to have a way to, to learn about it. Finn Dearheart, thank <laughs> you so much for doing yeah. Tag's podcast. Again, you can go check out Tantra for Gay Men. Go to Tantra, the number four, gaymen.com. It's August 6th through 11th. Mm-hmm. There's still some slots open, I understand. Mm-hmm. It's in the Eastern Mountains. I'll have a link to it. I think it would be an amazing workshop to check out. You can also listen to him on Himeros TV or yeah, Himeros, Himeros Live. Live yeah. Excuse me. Himeros Live, the podcast with Davey Wavy. You're on there pretty much every week, yeah, I understand. Yeah, every week, usually co hosting. And everybody should know that Finn is based in San Francisco, but he's you should check out his website because you're always doing workshops around the country. And you can, um, I know you have clients in San Francisco, but you can actually book, you do a lot of one-on-one. It's really a a big part of your practice. Uh And a lot of your, you can do it online. Um, You you don't have to just be in San Francisco, correct? Yeah, you can do remote sessions with me. Um, I do a lot of remote stuff, actually, over Zoom or Skype or FaceTime even, and love doing that kind of work. Cool. Always a pleasure. I I would actually love to do some with you. I want to. I was just thinking that just now. Like, oh. Yeah. I definitely want to. Let's do some. We'll talk. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. So it's the Tantra Experience, August 6th through 11th in upstate New York. You can go to Tantra, the number four, gaymen.com, tantraforgaymen.com. And if you do, use the promo code T-T-E-Steve. That's T-T-E-Steve and get a discount on your weekend.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 